Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camel wear at a price you can afford, huntworthgear.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, Eddie Daniel returns to tell us about Milwaukee County's newest park. John Motoviloff talks about four new learn-to-hunt-and-fish videos, and Charter Captain Dumper Dan Welsh reports on Lake Michigan trout and salmon action off Sheboygan. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. Well, folks, it's time now for Madison Outdoors, brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer. They're located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H. You can't miss it if you look for those two giant arrows on the south side of the highway. You can also find them online at pappastradingpost.com. You hear this feature every week at this time on WTSO, the Big 1070, and anytime at all on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again from the Trading Post is J.C. Chamberlain. J.C., thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us back. Well, gosh, bow season is just about a month away. What do you do now before preseason panic sets in? <laughs> getting down to crunch time guys going out west hopefully they've got to get all their stuff together because you know, a lot of the seasons are opening already yeah but as far as you know around here being we do still have i think it's almost four weeks it's time to get broadheads out start thinking about you know shooting those to make sure everything's flying well still some preseason scouting that can be done that kind of stuff yeah and There's still a lot to do yeah there is and uh you know i have not shot my bow for a number of years because um, I've got a crossbow and if I'm going to bow hunt I sometimes hunt with that or I hunt with that rather than the the bow but I got my forge bow out a couple weeks ago because Ozzy who lives with us and is taken up hunting in a big way was shooting and I thought well why don't I practice with you and my peep sight tubing was just rotted I drew back once and it broke <laughs> and and that doesn't last uh, very long and certainly not the five years the bow's been sitting in the case that's something you ought to replace every year isn't it you know if you do shoot a, an aligner like that definitely every year on that rubber tube because they do you know even the newer stuff that's a, got a uv protectant on it you know, will start to dry rot if it does break usually it's always at the worst time but if you do stick it back on that it's going to pull that peep into a completely different position so things won't even hit relatively close to where they were yeah so replacing it is that just a matter of cutting tubing to the same length and hooking it up to the two ends so most of it um you know you can either do it like a pre-cut if that was what was on there you know a lot of them come in about a 12 to 13 inch piece or you know you can buy it by like a three foot um, roll basically so you can get two or three lengths out of it yeah, I did that, and um, I'm practicing. I had to crank it down a little bit because I have not been shooting the bow, and I don't draw close to 60, which is about what I drew in the past. I think I took it down to about 50 pounds, and it's only a few pounds difference uh, to make a big difference in whether you can draw or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, you know, everybody's always getting older or, you know, even colder weather versus being 
you know, quite warm now can make a huge difference in the way that same amount of poundage feels. And being comfortable is more important than, you know, than shooting 70 pounds. If you can't, you can't get to where you're comfortable so that you make sure you can hit what you're aiming at, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned broadheads. A lot of broadhead brands come with a practice point. Does that really fly the same as a broadhead does, uh, the mechanicals in particular? It'll be close, but nothing's ever going to be exact. Because mm-hmm. even with a mechanical, you know, with basically the practice head versions, most of those, the blades are somehow fixed. Yeah. So they're not moving at all, or they're not vented where some of them might be vented. So all that little stuff can make a difference. Now, normal yardage is probably not going to matter that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we start talking, you know, some of the Western yardages where you're talking 50 yards to 80, let's say, yes, it's going to make a, a huge difference. Oh, yeah, so, at that at that distance, I'm sure it would. Do you folks have any Western hunts planned this fall? I personally don't this fall. Randy, I know, is going to be chasing antelope. He's going out with some buddies. They'll be out gun hunting. But as far as bow hunts go this year, we're all going to be pretty much hunting around here from the sounds of it. All right. And speaking of hunting around here, what kind of scouting should we be doing now with a month to go? Right now, I still like to be in the woods as little as I can. You know, as long as I have everything set up, per usual, I'm running a little behind. So (laughs) I still have a couple stands I need to trim out. But most of the time this time of year, still just kind of taking inventory, um, driving around, checking out bean fields, alfalfa fields, things like that, just kind of trying to see what corn growth looks like, population, you know, that kind of thing. What are you hearing from folks? So far, I've heard a lot of good things this year. seems like the population is doing very well. The deer came through the winter very healthy. Um, We've got big old fat does, even though they've got (laughs) twins and one case even triplets. And most of the buck that we've seen, the antler growth has been been good. I don't know if it's a banner year, but it's been, been very good yet. I don't know if this has been your experience, and maybe we've talked about it in past years, but a lot of folks who have trail cameras out or who just watch deer in bean fields or wherever they can do it from a distance say that, yeah, you can pattern them in the summer, but in a month from now, you may find them in a totally different location, or you may not find them at all because they're not where you, where you were observing them before. Fine line there. I mean, most of the time we're still early enough here now, so they're still bachelored up for the most part. Right around the end of August or you know, like first week of September, you'll see a lot of deer start to move, just stop showing up where they were. But you know, even now, just trying to get an idea of what is around um, is really good. And even though there's a deer that might be say a mile away, it's very likely that if he's got competition there, that he might come over the hill or you know, cross the road or whatever it may be and, and be on the piece that you can hunt. I wouldn't necessarily hold out for a specific deer unless you've still patterned, you know, during that season time, but it's a really good time to get out and just see what is out there and what, you know, kind of get an idea of what to expect for the year. And what should folks be doing, if anything, with their food plots and water holes, uh, assuming they've put them in? I guess it's getting to be pretty late to do even a late fall food plot at this point, isn't it? Yeah, we're getting towards the end of most of the food plot stuff. Um, there's still a little bit of time here. Now I would say probably just going in and like top seeding with radish or um, if you can get your hands on it, like a wheat or oats, something like that. 
there's not a ton of time to do a whole lot as far as the food plots go other than, you know, just kind of final touches. But water holes pretty much make sure they're full because um, if they're full now, you should be pretty good, you know, even through the rut if it's a big enough one. And I know we've had enough rain, so it's been pretty well keeping things full all on its own. But I would uh, definitely encourage guys to get those filled up and then hopefully you won't have to touch them again until the bulk of the hunting is done. And is it something you've got to keep clean? Do you skim the uh, algae off if it's uh, looking a little green on top? Not usually. Most of ours are, you know, in the woods. But um, I'll pull leaves out if they're muddy and, and dirty. The deer actually seem to like it better, to be honest. Hmm. <laughs> um, it seems like the real clear, crystal, clean stuff, they tend to shy away from that more than the dirty mud puddle. Yeah, they look more natural, I guess. I really don't know what it is other than maybe it's because it does have like a mineral or something in it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, just from dirt, they do seem to like it dirtier, for sure. All right, well, fill that water hole, throw a couple of mud balls in there, and you should be good to go. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, store hours before we let you go. I uh, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to 5. All righty. Well, we will talk to you again in two weeks as we get closer to bow season. Uh, sounds good. J.C. Chamberlain with the Madison Outdoors report from Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 just west of Arena and on the web at Pappas, P-A-P-P-A-S, TradingPost.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And by the way, all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business. Well, joining me once again, somewhere in the middle of South Dakota, <laughs> Jeff Kelm. Gosh, you're back on the road again this weekend. Back to Lake Oahe, Gettysburg, South Dakota, for the sixth of seven qualifying events for the 2022 Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's Masters Walleye Circuit. How many teams do you have, or don't you know yet? Got 62 teams out here on Lake Oahe, and should be interesting. It's going to be a tough fight as it was just a couple of weeks ago when we were in Mobridge, about an hour north of where we're at this weekend. And um, but the fish are just as big. I mean, it's we're talking ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen plus pound fish. Wow! And this lake has a peculiar slot size and and rules about culling, right? Yeah, so they can't call. Uh, they call it refreshing out here. Once you've put a fish in the box, it is yours to keep for the day, and you cannot replace fish. You got uh, you got to catch fish over 15 inches, and then only one fish per angler allowed over 20. So you really need to make sure that you make a uh, decision 
before you put a fish in the box, that if you feel like that's the biggest fish you're going to catch that day. Otherwise, uh, you put two seven-pound fish in the box and you pull a 13-pounder in later, you got to throw that 13-pounder back. Wow. And you can't yeah. drag a fish on a line next to the boat while you try to catch a bigger one, I guess. No, no. That would be considered possession, and you're keeping that fish. It's kind of like playing poker, like uh, stud poker, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is interesting. It has a whole different level of strategy for these anglers. For some, they'll they'll talk about it on the on the weigh-in stage that the fish came in the right order, yeah, or they came in the wrong orders. <clears throat> it's always interesting on these no call tournaments. Yeah, well, if you're a blackjack player, then maybe you know something about. Uh, if you know about the odds of poker, that's a different deal than <laughs> this, because uh, to keep the gambling analogy going, it's a real crapshoot because you never know if that, that next. Is. If that next fish is going to bite or not. That's right. Exciting. It is interesting. You know, it makes the forward-facing sonar really important in a lot of these jig-type bites, too, because that forward-facing sonar, you're able to actually see the size of the fish that you're trying to catch. Oh. Uh, And you can pick off individual fish. And guys are using that to their advantage so that they're not even bothering fish that are maybe that six, seven, eight pounds. They're only searching for those big, big fish and chasing that bite. Wow. They're jigging, I suppose, or casting. They can't be trolling and using forward-facing sonar, right? Yeah, a lot of them are doing, uh, like, ripping wraps and jigging rapalas of sort, variations of that in deep, deep water, somewhere, you know, over 60, 70 feet of water, and they're jigging for them 40, 40, 45, 50 feet down. Well, we'll hear about the results next week. And before you left, Robert's been BMX racing and doing pretty well. Yeah, he's been having a lot of fun learning the ropes, so to speak, in, in the world of BMX racing. And as am I, I'm, you know, I've dabbled with stuff like that as a kid, but nothing on the well, organized level. And, and uh, so it's really neat to be able to to, uh, to take him through that and give him an opportunity to compete in a sport that he really seems to have some passion for. Nice. Well, I, I don't know if you heard about the Waukesha County deer farm that was depopulated recently. That's a Fancy word for uh, kill all the deer. Apparently, two three-year-old bucks tested positive for CWD back in February. Probably shot by paying hunters. I I don't know, because you can only test dead deer. They depopulated 20, and eight of them tested positive. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, that's still going on, folks. Well, coming up, John Motoviloff, Wisconsin R3 coordinator for the National Wild Turkey Federation, talks about the new Learn to Hunt videos he and I helped produce. Eddie Daniel tells us about Three Bridges Park on the Menominee River. And Charter Captain Dumper Dan Welsh reports on Lake Michigan trout and salmon action off Sheboygan. All that and more straight ahead, so stay right there. Well, Jeff, have a good tournament. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds great. We'll give you an update later. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. It's time now for an update on Lake Michigan fishing in the Sheboygan area. We do this every two weeks now, sponsored by Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan and on the web at DumperDan.com. And his Facebook page is Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters. You'll see lots of photos and videos and also an illustrated version of this conversation every time we record a new one. We're also sponsored this week by Sheboygan County Chamber of Commerce. They're located at 621 South 8th Street in Sheboygan and on the web at sheboygan.org. Well, joining us from Sheboygan. Did I say Sheboygan enough times, Dan? Captain Dumper Dan Welsh. So, Dan, how's the fishing been? Uh, it's been good out of the port of Sheboygan, and I'm happy you say that name a lot because I've been here my whole life, and I love the city and port of Sheboygan. It's a great area. A lot of people come here to visit for many different things besides just fishing. But as far as the fishing goes, Dan, it's been very, very good. Fish are closer to shore. It's getting to be that time of year where they're starting to kind of slowly set up for the staging period of spawning season uh, here on the King Salmon off the Port of Sheboygan. Been doing well on numbers, good variety, not having to travel too far to get to them, and it's been a good time for all our clients here coming from all over the Midwest to fish with us. Is the cold water in close yeah. to shore, warm water out deep? Is that how it goes? To- yep. Yep, that's how it's been. It's we, We've had cooler water kind of in closer, and, you know, the water temperature for the whole season, Dan, has been very good, and that's that's a good thing. I mean, it can get too warm or too cold and make for very difficult fishing, but it's been just right, you know, in that 
upper 50s to low to mid 60 degree range and that's you know what we need and right now we're fishing straight out of Sheboygan it's easy pickings my fleet sets up they're on the water right now all six boats they're setting at about 140 140 feet of water and they're trolling out to about 240 uh, east and west patterns which offshore for anglers is anywhere from three miles out to about seven or eight miles so not too far and fishing everything suspended for coal laker king rainbow so it's been been good that way and all different size fish too the coals have been running you know that five to eight pound range the rainbows are like eight to twelve pound range now on our Facebook page, we do have a 20-pounder on there. We caught the other day a 20-pound steelhead or rainbow trout. So that was a very nice fish that that customer is getting mounted with their taxidermist here at Dumper Dan's. And then also, kings have been running anywhere from 15 to like 24 pounds, and lakers as well, they're about that same size. So a lot of different size ranges. Great for people to reel in, you know, from young kids to women to guys. I mean, it's, it's just a good family outing for anybody that wants to partake in this kind of fishery right now. Nice. Are the kings starting to color up the four-year-olds? They kind of are, Dan. It's a good question. And uh, In fact, Zach and I the other day took the Rabalo out, and we fished close to shore by North Point, and we caught a couple 20-pounders in there, and they, they had a little tint of gray to them. They weren't silver, just a little tint of gray, but a lot of that has to do with water temp, too. And as the water's a little warmer, obviously, in August compared to, like, June, they do turn a little quicker, but a lot of that's water temp. I mean, by the time they spawn, it's later September, and then they really start turning their darker fall, late season colors. So right now it's more water temp than it is, you know, on their changing of colors than it is spawning, I do believe. And I just wanted to mention another thing. Pier anglers can, inshore anglers can take into the, you know, do this fishery too and, and not have to have a boat to do this. And a good friend of mine that we snowmobile with here in the in the winter months uh, and his son uh, went over to North Point and caught uh, just a ginormous king salmon casting a spoon off North Point the other day. And they did bring it into my store. They are getting it mounted there. Alec is putting it on his wall at his home and we're getting it mounted for him. And the fish weighed 31 pounds, a king salmon on a spinning rod. I mean, that was one heck of a fight for this youngster. And he had a good time with that. So, I mean, kids of any age or anybody on the shore can cash in on this fishery come fall season because these fish are coming close to shore, and it's just fun to catch, and, and they put up one heck of a fight. Nice. Have you got openings now into September? I do. We, we kind of thin out here on reservations a little bit like normal because, of, you know, school starting, and, you know, vacation is kind of nearing its end here for summer season for many uh people you know all over the world so we do have some openings here in september labor day weekend i have openings yet and well into september i have openings we're real solid here in august yet running about 75 to 90 trips a week right now so we're pretty busy yet in august but i would get out here late august early september to mid-september if you want to do what i just mentioned then try and cash in on some of these bigger fall king salmon fishing close to shore because it's just a lot of fun and you might get a trophy for the wall like alex bill did i mean it's you know just a beautiful fish and you never know i mean there's been some big fish in the lake michigan fishery this year that have been caught up and down the shoreline you know some 30 to 40 pound fish so fall season is kind of you know when you want to kind of get out here and see if you can get a real big one for the wall as well yeah we heard about that 40 pounder from uh, up in algoma but uh, they're out there roaming around absolutely and, and there's some big fish and there's a lot of bait fish in the lake and a lot of feed and you know these fish are getting big and stocky and they got shoulders on them let me tell you they 
you get them on and they're they're one heck of a fight get out here try and get you know a trip in yet in the fall season with us we've had great weather this year compared to last year so far so knock on wood so hopefully uh the fall season will be calmer conditions and we can really target these fish and, and do well on them and right now the numbers per catch are up i mean we're we're doing really well you go out there you can you can come in with a nice basket of fish so get out here give me a call 920-377-1147 um, taking reservations here every day all day so give me a call or go to our website dumperdan.com or like you always mention our facebook page uh, a lot of pictures and videos of, of what we do with the radio talk show and what else on my facebook page with pictures and videos with other uh, clients as well so get out here summer's uh, winding down give me a call and, and we'll get you on the lake Let's talk a little bit about the Sheboygan Chamber. What can you tell us about them? The Sheboygan County Chamber of Commerce, great for our our hometown and and great for tourism. They've been around a long time. They're on South 8th Street, a couple blocks from my place. Stop in there. They have literature um, of everything and anything you want to do, you know, from golfing to fishing to hiking to biking. Stop in, talk to their staff. Scott's one of the main guys. He actually fished with us last week and did really well. And when he came in, he actually grilled his fish on our patio deck on our grill. Talked to Scott at, at the chamber. He's a great guy, and he'll point you in the right direction along with his entire staff. And I was there actually early June, and I did a seminar for the chamber and a lot of businesses, which is on YouTube. You can check out and spoke with them on tourism. So they got, you know, conference room. They have the facility for all the brochures and literature. And stop in 8th Street great location check them out online if you can't stop in if you want to do something in our sheboygan county area Alrighty. well their website is sheboygan.org easy one to remember and dan's once again is dumperdan.com and his facebook page dumperdan sport fishing charters we'll talk to you again soon and hope to see you soon i'm dan small more outdoors radio right after this listen to more outdoors radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, and joining me now is John Motoviloff. He's the Recruitment, Retention, and Reactivation, or R3, coordinator for the National Wild Turkey Federation in Wisconsin. And we've had him on the show before several times. John, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again. Great to be here, Dan. Well, you and I have worked on a number of projects over the years, most recently on a series of Learn to Hunt and Learn to Fish videos funded by NWTF with some help from the Rough Grouse Society, Trout Unlimited, L.L. Bean. I think Orvis was in on that, too. Uh, Did I miss anybody? No, it was a really great partnership effort. Yes, some very interesting work, some beautiful locations, a few little mishaps, a few keys locked in the truck, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I think at the end of the day, some some really great products. Now, if you hadn't said that, no one would ever know, because it's not part of the video. <laughs> well, it's not, but it makes it fun, and it makes it, there's the word, the authentic, you often hear that these days, and that makes it authentic and real, I guess. Yeah, authentic and real, and that was our goal with these videos. Now, there are four of them. And they are currently on the NWTF website, and how can people find them? Yeah, I think the 
easiest thing for folks to do is to just simply key in nwtf.org. There's a little search bar. Just key in Learning 2, and then our four videos will come up at the top of the page. And I think that that's the easiest way to get to these really kind of fine and, and, and in many ways unique videos. But you can tell I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to talk about them. Yeah, it's kind of like having a new child to talk about, isn't it? I mean, like you write a book or you write an article or you produce a video and you put it out there and you hope that uh, the, the kid grows up to be uh, somebody um, with a good life and uh, you hope a, a video or a book uh, has its own good life in a sense. I couldn't have said it better. Being a parent of a you know 21-year-old, that, that's a very good, good analogy. Yeah, I, um, uh, that works for me. Okay. Where did the idea for these come from? We'll get into the content in a little bit. Yeah, there are a couple contributors to it. One of the things is I'm plugged into a number of listserv organizations that distribute current studies on what new hunters want. And one of those is MAFWA, Midwest Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies. The other is Council to Advance Hunting and Shooting Sports. And it turns out that there's huge demand among adult onset hunters, let's say people in the millennial age class, to hunt for one thing, but for sort of digital, portable resources, but also resources that are narrated by people in their peer group. And so I think this idea came about when I was thinking that let's just put a bunch of YouTube hits up there and you do that and you get various stuff. And so I thought, let's be bold and let's just do this and let's create a video series for novices, really by novices. And each person in here interviewed, you know, with, with a few exceptions, is a man or woman who learned to hunt as an adult or has a really interesting story or maybe is a, an atypical hunter, maybe a person of color, um, and came to, you know, hunting not through the traditional path of dad passing it down to them. And so the idea, I think, came to me through working with this age group a lot and knowing the need for resources. And then the specifics came to me. You hear this so much about peer group being so important. And so it's sort of for peers and by peers. Of course, we sliced and diced and narrated and then wrote scripts, but really they're going to rise and fall on their narrators, who I think are, are very relatable women in three of the cases and guys in one, you know, um, a guy in one. Yeah, Absolutely. We started with Turkey. We started last spring, and, uh, well, Turkey Federation obviously is interested in turkeys. And Susie Hashider is our narrator for that video. Tell us how that video goes. Susie is sitting there on an overlook that really could be anywhere from New England to the prairies, maybe down to, you know, Ohio or Indiana. So really big swath of the country. And she's sort of talking about this realization that I've always wanted to hunt, you know, and, and she talks about her journey into hunting. And so it wasn't, uh, even though she had hunting in her family, you know, she didn't learn to hunt from her family. She learned to hunt through a DNR program called Hunt for Food. It starts with her story. And then that story really weaves all the way through the video, and she walks us through a typical day in, in the turkey woods, you know, with all the skills needed, including, you know, setting up a blind, uh, finding morels, running gun, calling, but it's all sort of done through her lens. Of course, there are sections of each of these videos on equipment and on preparing the game, or in the case of trout, the fish for the table so that a novice would have maybe not a complete 
uh, how-to video, but at least a basic, here are the steps to go out and do this sport, get this wild game or fish, and then bring it home and eat it. And and that was really the goal and the overall uh, message of each of them, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely the message. And for some reason, I mean, I'm kind of looking at these, these four video thumbnails, and I just think also of Ashley Peters just talking about her aha moment where she'd always been in the woods, but she'd never been there as a hunter, you know, mm-hmm. and talking about that connection of how hunting to the woods and to friends and to food. And I think that themes, well, they, you know, they obviously resonate for her, but they sort of resonate across the series. And this is not just sort of like, um, you know, go out there and shoot them up, but it's a very kind of thoughtful look, explores connections to the land. And it's all of those reasons why, why new people want to get into hunting. And, and really, I think why people want to keep hunting, you know, it's, it's the food, it's the camaraderie, it's the connection with nature. You know, all the research shows that these are the high points and it's just so neat to hear it coming from each individual narrator and his or her own story. I think folks need to check these out to see just how tangible and relatable these stories are. Yes, I, I agree. And, uh, of course, you know, you and I both had a hand in them, so we, we hope people like them. But let's move on to the small game video. We shot that in the winter with Christopher Kilgore and uh, Liz Simpson, who had been with us on another video project. And we did a rabbit hunt yes. and then a squirrel hunt. Yes, we sure did. And Chris's lens is a super interesting lens. And, you know, how he had been around a hunter as a teenager and just it fascinated him that this guy would disappear into the woods and come back with these stories and chris was just like a little boy on the screen there you know a 50 year old boy talking about i had to do it i just had to do it so yeah his story is no less relatable i mean he's got a fantastic story and talks about his organization color in the outdoors as well which is part of that story and part of making this available to a really broad audience yep and then to wrap it up we did a learn to fish for trout for dinner video this spring and that one had pam van irum as our narrator and she's um, not a novice she has been fishing for quite a while yes she has fished most of her life but she again brings a really unique lens to the story and i think it's just a really great narrator and really explains things you know just that nice space between you know on the one hand not being too reductive you know and on the other hand not being too esoteric she's just right in that middle space and i think really really relatable and so just gorgeous water scenery on that west fork and a couple of tributaries just really really stunning stuff and we shot all of these in Wisconsin in various places, but the objective as far as showing where you could do these sports was to be as inclusive as possible. Grouse are throughout northern and northeastern North America and trout virtually everywhere there's cold water and rabbits are in everybody's backyard and turkeys of course are you know they've taken over the country. <laughs> so we hope to make these as universal as possible. Yeah, and I think we did a I think really fair job. Of course, everything's got to be set somewhere, but I think the lessons learned here, the information, will work very well for just a vast swath of the country. They're not intended to be exhaustive master courses, but certainly confidence building and certainly give folks the tools to get out there and try it on their own. You know, I think we try to hit on all those components. Yep. Well, before we let you go, tell us again where folks can see these videos. Yeah, absolutely. So they should go to nwtf.org, which is the National Wild Turkey Federation website, and they can just key in learning to, 
and these videos will come up at the top of the hit list. Again, there's grouse, rabbit squirrel, trout, and turkey, and folks can take their choice as to what they want to see. They're all about 15 minutes in length, enough to chew on, but there's plenty more to, plenty more to learn. Absolutely. Well, John, thanks so much for working together on these projects, and thanks for sharing your insights as these videos now roll out for the first time on the NWTF website, and we will be talking eventually about more distribution, greater distribution of these projects as well. My pleasure, Dan, and it was really fantastic to work together on this series. It's one of many things we've worked on over the years. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk again soon. Talk to you soon, Dan. That was John Motoviloff, NWTF Recruitment, Retention, and Reactivation Coordinator for Wisconsin. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at RemyBattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camel Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. To 
Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Joining me now from Wauwatosa is Eddie Daniel. Eddie's a photographer and the author of several books that feature photos and essays depicting the beauty of the natural areas surrounding the three rivers that meet in Milwaukee, the Menominee, Kinnickinnick, and, of course, the Milwaukee River. He blogs and he posts regularly on the website awealthofnature.org. And in addition to his writing and photography, he also leads guided hikes to many natural areas. He served as artist-in-residence in the Menominee River Valley back in 2014, and we're going to ask him about that. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked to him about his latest book, The Milwaukee River Greenway, A Wealth of Nature in the Heart of the City. And he joins us now to continue that conversation. Eddie, thanks for joining us again, and, and welcome back. Well, my pleasure. Happy to be back with you, Dan. Artist-in-residence to the Menominee River Valley. I've heard of artist-in-residence at colleges and uh, writers-in-residence places, but um, how can you be an artist? Well, you were. So what did you do as (laughs) artist-in-residence for the Menominee River Valley? There are similar situations. For example, many national parks and other kinds of parks have artists-in-residence. It is a bit unusual to be in a city setting like this. And the, the Menominee River Valley does have some natural parts to it, but it's primarily an urban setting. And I have the Menominee Valley partners to thank for the residency, along with Zimmerman Architectural Studios, which provided me studio space in their building in the Menominee Valley. So what did you do then as artist-in-residence? I'm a photographer so and a writer, and so what I did was take a whole year to document in my photography what was going on in the Menominee Valley, including the newly created Three Bridges Park, which we're going to get to. And I wrote a bunch of different stories about what I was doing and posted them on my blog, and then I compiled them into one of the many books you mentioned that I create. So I have a book called Witnessing the Menominee Valley Revitalization. You know, you and I worked together with a group that started out as the Friends of the Menominee River, founded by our mutual friend Bob Boucher, and then that took several um, different forms and is now a Milwaukee Riverkeeper and still very active, working with all three rivers and I guess their tributaries as well. But the Menominee is an unusual river. You mentioned the very urban setting. Uh, There are parts of it that are still lined with concrete, I believe. It flows uh, right past whatever the name of the Brewers Stadium is right now. American (laughs) Family Field, I think. Did I get that right? That's right. right. You know, some folks will remember it as County Stadium, for goodness sake, when the Packers played there. so, uh, So what happened to that river in the last two or three decades, if you can sum that up quickly. Yeah, that's a challenge. But I did, you know, my first book was exploring a metropolitan watershed, was about the Menominee River watershed. So I spent a lot of time with the Menominee River. It it begins in a more rural setting out in Germantown area, and then it flows through the suburbs to get down and run through the Menominee Valley, the heart of industrial Milwaukee, or, or it used to be at least, and then meets the Milwaukee River at the edge of the valley and then flows pretty much right out into the lake after that. Mm -hmm. It's 
cleaner than it used to be, uh, thanks to the Clean Water Act and thanks to the actions of Milwaukee Riverkeeper, which you mentioned. And now it is a park-like setting in many places. There are a number of parks that are situated along the river. Actually, when the Friends of uh, the Menominee River group was originally formed, Bob Boucher and I canoed the river from right in the in the village of Wauwatosa, I think it was. Am I getting yeah. am I getting that right? Yeah. That may have been. I have also not in a canoe, but I have kayaked the Menominee River at least two or three times. Um, and have started as far up as Hampton Avenue mm-hmm. uh, in the, on the Little Menominee River and then made my way down the Menominee to Jacobus Park. And I've done it in different water conditions. Uh, it's not an easy river because if there's not enough water, you end up walking most of the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we picked a decent flow, as I recall, um, and, and uh, actually recorded that for Outdoor Wisconsin. So it's in the archives somewhere. But one of the parks along that river, is the one you mentioned, and we didn't get to it the last time we talked, a couple of weeks ago, Three Bridges Park. Tell us about that park. Yes, Three Bridges Park is one of my favorite places in Milwaukee. It it was created in the middle of the uh, Menominee Valley on uh, the flat land of a former railroad yard. The railroad yard had been part of the industrial development, much of which was devoted to the railroads. And it's on the south side of the Menominee River. The space of the park is squeezed between the Menominee River and a still existing rail line. But what has been done was the landscape was developed by using, oddly enough, the rubble that was created from the demolition of the high-rise bridge when, when that was redeveloped, rebuilt. They took the rubble and they piled it up onto hills and covered it with topsoil and planted it with prairie flowers and trees and now it's a beautiful 24 acre park and it runs from mitchell park where the domes are all the way to the stadium is the topography there now close to what it might have been pre-development before the european settlers came actually not that topography was a flat marsh right the, the entire menominee valley was a wild rice marsh, so and there wasn't even a river running through it. The, the river flowed down into the valley and just became the marsh, and then the water flowed through the marsh and, and entered the estuary where the Milwaukee River is. So the topography is not at all what it used to be. What they did was try to simulate a glacial topography with something like moraines, uh, glacial hills, mm-hmm. long, thin hills. So the channel that is now the Menominee River really was created when the, the marsh was filled in many year, uh, century, a couple centuries ago. They cut channels uh, for canals for access to the businesses by boat. Uh-huh. So what can one see and or do there now that there's a, a nice park for how many acres? 24 acres, you said. That's pretty good size. 24 acres, yes, and it's got a segment of the Hank Aaron State Trail running the length of it, uh, which is paved, and so you can bicycle on it, 
skateboard, you know, roller skate and, and walk, any of those things. They also got some trails that are not paved alongside the hills there and along the river. It's good for those passive activities as well as looking at the beautiful wildflowers. Uh, right now is a perfect time here in the midsummer to see the, the prairie flowers in bloom. Quite spectacular. And the salmon and the steelhead, salmon in the fall, steelhead in the spring, still come up from Lake Michigan up the various rivers, including the Menominee. I have fished in that, I think in that very stretch, probably before it was a park. I don't fish myself, but I've seen fishermen there all the time. They are often out on this stretch, but also up along where the stadium is just just a little upstream from there. Why is it important to have this park where it is? There are a number of reasons for that. I mean, the, the primary reason is that people who, there's a neighborhood, a residential neighborhood adjacent to it, and there are no other parks uh, nearby. And so it's important for those people who live in the neighborhood to have a place to experience nature and to enjoy themselves and to be able to recreate in the ways we've discussed. Uh, and to take advantage of this, there is a branch of the Urban Ecology Center located right next to the park, and they have taken over the task of stewarding and maintaining the park and also providing programming. They bring children out to experience nature, and they have all kinds of programming for all ages of people who want to enjoy the park. Do they have a canoe and or kayak rental there as well? Not a rental as such, but if you become a member for the small sum of $35 a year, you get to borrow a kayak or canoe that they have on site and put it right there into the Menominee River. You can also borrow other equipment such as cross-country skis and that sort of thing. Well, that's a deal because if you were to rent a kayak for one trip, you might pay something close to that. Exactly. Yeah, It's a great deal. There, there is a, a set of community gardens in the park as well. Well, if someone wants to visit this park and knows roughly between the domes and the stadium, if you know that part of Milwaukee, uh, you should be able to find it. But how can you actually access a parking lot or a place where you can put your foot on the ground at the park? (laughs) That's actually a good question because it's a little challenging to find. I mean, you can see it on the map, obviously, but the best place to park is right along Canal Street. Uh, There's parking right along the street. And there's a bridge, one of the, it's called Three Bridges Park for good reason. There's a bridge from Canal Street across the Menominee River to the park. There's another access point on 33rd Court, which is a cul-de-sac, and that's where another bridge is. And then you can access it from the domes. So the third bridge comes across the railroad tracks from the domes and you can park in the domes parking lot up there okay and where exactly is the urban ecology center branch there yeah and that's also uh, next to the park but it's there's a tunnel between the park and the urban ecology center to get under the railroad tracks the the center is located on pierce street and i believe the cross street is 37th Street. So Pearson 37th, easy to find. Okay. A lot of ways to access this park and lots of fun that you can have there, especially this time of year. If you're a photographer or you like uh, the beauty of wildflowers, and if you're a fisherman, the salmon will soon be up in the river It's uh, as well. 
Well, Eddie, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge and your experience on the Menominee River and with Three Bridges Park. And we'll send folks to your website and hope that people come and visit. Thank you so much. You bet. Eddie Daniel was talking about the Menominee River Valley and Three Bridges Park. You can learn much more on the website, awealthofnature.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
joining us on Outdoors Radio, I'm Dan Small. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend and on the web at cedarlakesales.com. They've got great deals on new and used boats, including, get this, up to $3,000 off if you buy a new Crestliner before August 29th. And they've got special prices on pontoons as well. So check their website and Facebook page for details. And they remind customers that if you start a boat with them last year, contact them by today, actually, if you're listening to this on Saturday the 20th, to hold your indoor storage spot. We're also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-Petenwell.com And by Huntworth Gear. High-tech camel wear at a price you can afford. HuntworthGear.com If you missed our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, or if it's not airing in your area now, you can always watch past episodes online at MilwaukeePBS.org. And Deer Hunt Wisconsin 2021 and past shows are archived on our Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. If you missed any dates, websites, or phone numbers, you can listen online anytime and subscribe to our podcast at lake-link.com slash dsoradio. You can find Jeff online at Hardwater Jeff, and you can follow me at Dan Small Outdoors. A couple of calendar items this week. Becoming an Outdoors Woman is sponsoring a number of events in August and September. Next weekend, Dutch Oven Cooking at Sand Hill Wildlife Area in Babcock. And on September 24th, Shooting Sports Fun Day at the Isaac Walton League in Stevens Point. And they have more events throughout the year. So for details, search online for Becoming an Outdoors Woman dash Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Bike Federation Ride Across Wisconsin is this weekend, August 20th through the 21st. This year, the race is from La Crosse to Milwaukee on the Elroy Sparta Trail. They'll visit Trek headquarters in Waterloo and end up with a party at the Harley-Davidson Museum in Milwaukee. So if you're on any of those trails and you see a lot of bikes, that's what's going on. For details, check out RideAcrossWisconsin.com. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at WarrenNelson.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will be back next week. Get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. Just that needle valve now. Let's get to the perfect speed. Oh, how I love leaving the shore behind. When the cool night swallows the moose's nose and the heron is fishing on one cold leg. When the loon cries, lover. In the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you When my wrist gets a little chilly On the gunnel When my lazy Ike is just Too lazy to lure the worms go dry in the coffee can honey 